been saying I'm going to go back to an episode every other day, but I'm going to go something a little bit different, some middle ground. I'm going to go episode every Monday and Thursday. And the reason for this is twofold. One, I just got gainful uh, full employment today, which I'm really excited about. I had a place that I think I'll really like. And then number two, talking to people lately, it's like so much of their bandwidth is taken up by coronavirus, but I don't want to make every show about coronavirus. So it just seems, it just seems like not a great time to be pushing as hard as I can in this podcast. I'm going to keep it going. I love the people I'm talking to. I still have a couple episodes left to release in the upcoming weeks that were before coronavirus. So that's exciting. I'm actually a big fan of those because they have that old energy to them. But um, so yeah, expect an episode every Monday and Thursday. Apologies for this, uh, the change. I'm trying to just be as transparent as I can in all this. And uh, this episode is with Thomas Yura. This is his fourth appearance. Uh, this is, we don't talk too much about local politics. We don't talk about politics almost at all very music focused, least argumentative of his appearances because I was kind of low energy. Uh, we actually recorded a week ago, but I was so low energy and just caught up in that. So much of my mind's taken up in coronavirus and I don't want to be one of those people who just spouts off because all the opinions have already been had. You know, I don't want to just be another ignorant person spouting off. So yeah, this is a redo. I really enjoyed speaking with him and uh, I hope you guys all like it. So lots of love and here's the show. All right, and I'm live with Hira Thomas J. Tiger, the ballots are out. Yeah, what? the ballots are out. What's shaking, man? Uh, I'm freaking hype about what's going to happen on May 19th is what's shaking. Yeah? A lot of exciting people who are outsiders and bringing uh, their varied experiences, marginalized identities to the table to uh, compete for different offices, so it's pretty dope. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah, you were one of the two people running for mayor that was on the freaking ballot. And I've heard, I've seen on the multiple state, people. On the state pamphlet, yeah. Yeah. With Donald J. Trump and, and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Donald who didn't J., even who wants to keep American great. Keep American great. And that on TikTok got 17,000 views. Yes, I saw that. TikTok's easy, We collaborated. Baby. That's so Oh, funny. man, I've been loving TikTok. We could, we could talk about TikTok for quite a bit, frankly. Forever. Yeah. But um, Elizabeth Warren didn't even have a photo in hers. Yeah. <laughs> that was hell. That was goofy. I was like, what, what is she? For all the rhetoric about, you know, uh, we're repre- doing representation and we're, you know, that didn't really happen. But No. Um, yeah, big respect for Elizabeth Warren. Um, she's got a long history of championing some issues that are pretty damn important. And it was a little sad to see the progressive left uh, side of our political sort of All world. All <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, I'm just saying it was sad to see them split up once um, there was a little bit of beef between mm. the Byrne and the Warren. Yeah, that was brutal. Yup. How are you? How I are you today, my friend? I couldn't be happier. I got the OP1. I've been jamming on it. You uh, got the OP1? I got the OP1. Last time we talked, uh, it wasn't on the show, but it was an amazing experience to hear you so hype about something that I had not even thought about in like five or six years. Yeah. I know. God, it, it sounds so out, hip. No, it came out nine Sorry. years ago. And then it's like, I'm right. like, I just never even thought about it. I'm like, oh, Bon Iver made it on my favorite album. of like He almost used it exclusively on 22 a million. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, why would I ever think about getting that? And then just like one weekend, I just watched probably five hours of of videos within mm. the week. I was like, I need to get one of these motherfuckers. And then I just so happened to be getting $1,200 from the government. Yeah, sweet. Government. Well, that, um, I remember when I heard that Gorillas were making an album on an iPad. Were they really? I was in high school at the time, and it was the one that followed up Plastic Beach, 
I think, or maybe preceded Plastic Beach, but um, it wasn't as good <laughs> as no. some of their other works. But uh, I, I still like what Damon Albarn does quite a bit. It's a pretty innovative way to present music. It is cool. What was the, the main song on Plastic Beach? Mellow, Melancholy Hill. Yeah. That is a phenomenal uh, oh, song. Like songs like that make me just want to layer synths for a long time and just have like a super almost yeah. crazy muddled sound. Yeah, but then you also that was a really cool thing happening around 2013-ish. 20 oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take a little jab at me there. I want to make old music. I'm no, sorry. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, you know, it's like I really would love to one day be a music historian for like the t- 2000s and 2010s. You yeah. know, that's an amazing burgeoning of music. And I, and I, and I go into the 2020s thinking this is going to be the most creatively fruitful decade in human history it could but you almost got to think how much further could it go i mean what directly like, oh, who are some artists far. who are some artists that are pushing boundaries like i mean you you hear me circle jerk uh, all the time um poppy um gosh a lot of people are pushing boundaries even what travis scott does is it in the super mainstream is pretty different yeah. you know um yeezy's always pushing boundaries Tame Impala is doing pretty Tame well. Tame Impala not a big had fan that of the really slow cool. Rush. You didn't like it? Did you? Uh, I did, but I'm not really a big fan of them in general. Like I just haven't got into them. Mm. You know, I don't have infinite time, and so sometimes when there's a band that I know that I will love, or mm-hmm. that I that I there's a lot to what they do, I don't jump on it. Yeah. Because I just uh, like like I've, I say this all the time. I left Radiohead out. Uh, like there are certain albums I, I love. OK Computer, and I like the Benz. Um, but and Kid A, but I just don't listen to that much of their other albums because I want to just like save them. Like nice. I think when I'm in my 40s or my 50s, I'm gonna be like, yeah, time to put on Hail to the Thief. That's so funny. New music comes out so often that I don't think that it's, that it's ever worth saving. I just don't like that guy's vocals. I don't remember his name. Tom York. Yeah, but but just a small semantics because you got me semantics before the show. I say charismatic instead of charismatic because no, char- no 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 no. You charisma. say charismatic. Charismatic. Which is Charism- charismatic. Yeah, I do. Which, I do. Which you know, bless your heart, I love you. It's it's not a word. <laughs> All right, but but my semantics would you be Team and Paul is just one dude. He just tours oh really? With, yeah, he's just tours with the band. Just Kevin Parker. He went on Broken oh, Record, dope. which is Rick Rubin has a podcast where he talks to musicians. Yeah, that's a great podcast. Incredibly dope. Yeah, I think he's had Kendrick on there. He's definitely had Eminem. Yeah. Um, Rick Rubin is amaze balls. He's cool. You know how I've always been curious how they got famous. Jeff, no, Zane Lowe. That's kind of cringy that it just said Amazeball, so I gotta yeah, say, I'm running for Citywide you know Office. What? We, we <laughs> ran past it already. You got that. I tried to get off it as soon as we Yeah, you're just like, could. oh gosh. Uh, Zane Save Lowe, my man. Ass. Zane Lowe gets to interview everyone yeah. big in music. What did he ever Someday do? Someday you could be. Uh, he like, was a DJ, a disc jockey. Could any DJ have done that? Like, there's much better DJs that, you know, could have filled that spot. I'm like, whoa, him? That's just the performing arts world though you know there's like usually infinitely many people who are qualified and they'll not get famous because somebody else does yeah i'm gonna be a dj just on my op1 i'm gonna be up there i'm gonna spend two hours making you really do have more monthly listeners on spotify than all three of the people making music as gradient (laughs) like you i was talking to you once about how you're a musician and i was kind of not taking it as seriously as i should have but you have like 466 monthly listeners or something like that. On Spotify? It's a bad album. I want to make just an album of 40 OP1 songs. They're all like three (laughs) minutes long. Because I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. I know I've made a whole total of $12 off of Spotify or something crazy like that. After spending, I think I spent like $500 to master the album. Which distro source do you use? (sighs) Distro Kid, CD Baby. CD Baby. Nice. It's okay, man. But here's the thing. It's pretty cool. It lets you track down to the penny where you're 
like it's cool money came from so it's like oh australian homies yeah you know that's why i like Dutch more homies. podcasts like i'm like okay eugene's down to like five percent of my listeners for podcasts <laughs> i'm like yeah interesting i'm trying to just be less uh local about it yes. but i mean obviously uh, example uh, exemption what's it well called? i guess we go way back you know you're we just, go back uh, you're continuing to hook it up for me um but the whole but thing i even thought about if i ever like um leave Eugene in the long term, you know, I would keep doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like Humanity NYC, you know? That'd be cool. Instead of Humanity Eugene. I want to dig into your um, fetish of New York Eugene. in a bit. Um, but My really, fetish for New but, York? But really, really quick before that, while I like things like CD Baby more than, I think we both use Podbean for podcast stuff. We do. As soon as we stop paying Podbean, they take our podcast down. Oh, okay. Where CD Baby, I paid for my album to be up, I never have to pay for it to be up again. That's, I think, a generally a difference between podcasts and recorded music yeah. um yeah but i want it to stay up forever i'm building this i want to have 100 episodes or however many a thousand sure i want it to be up forever i don't want to have to just keep paying yeah every year yeah i mean you have them you you have them all on a hard drive right mm-hmm. so you know they, they won't they won't die no and there's three things like anchor i could go on because yeah. it's just cool to like almost document parts of my life like kenzie just said to me the other day she's like it'll be cool in 10 years to be like you have almost a hundred hours of recorded conversation just from it's beautiful when you're 22 years old. I oh. remember when I was in Japan as a kid, um, and I really liked going to the CD stores. It's fun. We're talking a lot about music. We haven't gotten into that very much. Haven't. Um, and they have all these great Japanese editions of American artists, and they love the Beatles. You go into a shopping mall in Japan, you're, you're often going to hear an instrumental Beatles song mm. that's played in a more really? poppy style it's really fun yeah help is a big one they do it so um anyway they love the beatles in japan in english or in japanese oh um they usually don't sing japanese lyrics i'm th- sometimes they do it varies it really mm. varies but i if, you know if i had a good example or if we were the kind of podcast where we could have jamie throw it up yeah you know um i just ran into that the other day where i wish i had a jamie literally yesterday i was talking to Elias, i think I'm you like, will I, I think someday you will have a person that'd be the goal they'd have to be just be such a chill energy and not say anything i hate it when jamie talks oh yeah <laughs> i'm curious would there ever be a world where you call japan nippon or what, whatever nippon it's Nippon or nihon yeah like um, whatever it's meant to be called i don't think so because when like names in the dominant and popular culture get changed it's usually out of the desire to be like i don't know more sensitive to the roots of the name or like mm-hmm. more uh in line with the uh, people that are indigenous to that area and frankly um the japanese and the american lexicon they don't they don't really care that much they don't care about being called japan no i don't think so interesting because like we yeah. found them they're like we're called nippon i think or they're whatever. proud of being uh, and japan like, and we'll nihon and japan. nippon i don't think they're, they're that concerned with the name cool that's They're just cool very thing. proud of the, the heritage and the people. I'm going to say something, and it could be taken horribly racist. This is Talks with Tiger. And, and, I'm, and I just, I just want to throw this idea out there. <laughs> Would you at all be concerned with someone who has strong ties to another country? Like, if I think of Andrew Yang winning, I'm like, what if he really does like, like China? Like, like, wouldn't you feel almost sort of weird uh, with someone who, who, I don't know if Andrew Yang has anything to do with China or Japan or anything, but like... You know what I no, mean? No, man. Just, think about what the fabric of America is, at least at our best, and at least what we'd like to talk talk about positively. Yeah. You know, liberals especially, uh, is we're patchwork, you know? We're yeah. quilt. We are, we're not a melting pot, but we're a mixed salad. So, because um, yeah, have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's like Sounds a social justice thing. It's oh, like, it? Yeah, it's like uh, the melting pot analogy sort of implies that all the... Um, 
I guess diversity and or the marginalized. Yeah, they they yeah. melt down into the and, and they get uh, assimilated, right? Okay. And uh, the mixed salad is like, hey, we're all like you know coming together and retaining our own components. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, dude, like, no, Andrew Yang is not going to be allegiant to. Um, Chinese interests any more than you know but Donald you Trump want, is allegiant to Russian European or interests um, but because if you of want, Melania's heritage or because uh, his grandfather was an immigrant. If you won, you would be sort of partial to Japan. I heard you you really enjoy Japan. As soon as I brought up the OP1, you're like, that's a Japanese company. It's not. It's like Swedish or Denmark or something like that. But like, I think Big controversy people, here. Mayor of Eugene likes Japan. Sound the alarm! <laughs> no, no. I mean, what if am you I going to do? If you use the, president. Use no. the budget to if fly want, there. If you won president, if give you give everybody president. takoyaki on the streets. Yeah, right. And, and I'm like, and I don't even think it would be the biggest. Well, thing. I do want to make a hip hop ramen shop, nice. but hip hop ramen is like not a Japanese thing. That's an American thing, you know. Yeah. Like hip hop is an American thing. Do you think less of people who just buy top ramen? No. Okay, good. Because that's what I do. <laughs> I'm like, because there are like gourmet ramen shops, and I'm like, I can't tell the difference between this and Top Ramen. Really? Like, obviously, they have more like you know, like cut up uh, little green onions and stuff in yeah. there. It's like, yeah, yeah it's nice. That's nice flair, but I'm like, it's not worth ten cents to four dollars. You know what? What a great chat this has been. <laughs> I'm just, we're just polar opposites. But anyways, man, yeah. what's it like running for 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 city office? What'd you learn in this race that you're going to take into the next one? Because oh, even I'm if you win, excited. you will have another race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The general election will be a ton of fun. Yeah. And I think I would have a great shot in the general election. And in many ways, the biggest hurdle is this primary, um, the the hope that the, the vote is split enough mm-hmm. um, in order that nobody gets more than 50% of the vote. And there's seven candidates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, bless her heart, um, our current leader is not doing a lot of um, out there in the community sort of leading. And it took a, took for a pandemic um, for her to start doing like, you know, any kind of regular video updates or any, you know, a little chat in my house, talking to my smartphone or something, yeah. things that would actually be able to reach people. And that, you know, um, you and I have been doing for a long ass time, at mm-hmm. least your podcast and my podcast. Um, so my point with that is that if, you know, it shakes out where nobody gets 40% or 45% of the vote, then I think that, um, that would mean that it would be the challenger and the mayor, mm-hmm. right, on the November ballot. And there's a sort of an anti-status quo majority, right? Because mm-hmm. if Venice only gets 40, then yeah. the remaining 60 could hopefully go for, I think it'll be, well, I don't want to name names too much. I think it'll either be me or one or two other people. Um, yeah. That's an exciting Shouts to thing. everybody, though, who's running. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing, um, and it'll allow me... Um, more time to make the general election version of my um, long in the making rap movie. Uh, That's so funny, really awesome. That's one. So the thing. primary version is probably coming out very soon, but it's it's uh, it's it's a little shoddy. Yeah. If you did, or it, when you win mayor, if you do win mayor, will you focus more on just being a mayor? Or are you still going to do all the side stuff too? Oh, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, being a mayor what, is only what, part-time job, right? What side stuff? You making know? A, making a rap movie. <laughs> you just named it. Well, that would be. Okay, there's a very small chance that I would win outright in May that I would get more than 50%. Yeah. Very small chance. Mm-hmm. If that happened, then yeah, maybe I don't even have to finish the rap movie, the the slick version that I wanted to make before COVID happened. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's a campaign document. And also it hits the mayor pretty hard. Rough. Like uh, you know that song Bop by the Baby? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, it goes, ha, I needed some shit with some bop in it. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch a swerve in that whip had a cop in it. 
And uh, then it goes into some stuff I shouldn't quote. But uh, my shit says, ha, Eugene needs a mayor who's competent, someone who is competent, communicative, and has like a major accomplishment. 24 yes. years of Tory and Piercy and Venice, and now I'm going to begin to speak on the shit. You think that Eugene would be thriving, but I'd say the climate that I'm in is not the shit. Nice. I'm not a doctor, a Japanese rapper. Imagine how mad that my mama is. So Let me make you a bunch of beats on the OP1 and just rap over them. Put out, you can put out an shit album in Ill. a week. Yeah, do it. I just made two beats, just one last night and one today, while I was waiting for you to get here because I showed up early to play on the OP. That's one. awesome. Yeah. Um, Months ago, I was very inspired on the iMachine app on my phone. Okay, so but you're the, like gorillas, but even take it smaller than an iPad on a phone. Yeah. Well, um, the cool thing about it is that it syncs up with Machina hardware, which is a, a very popular sampler. It's, it competes with, um, you know. A bunch of other like Ableton, Roland, one, Roland um, and then the MPC, mm. which is the biggest one. Sampling's unbelievably hard, just so it's said. I thought sure. it was hard. I thought it was difficult. I didn't realize how hard it would be. Dude, it's dope. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I've tried sampling actual like old time music, kind of like college dropout stuff, and just sampling words to put over beats that I made. Both mm. of them are just tough. Yeah, I think if I really did end up going to law school, it would be because I want to be an entertainment law lawyer mm. and or uh, you know copyright intellectual property law. Cool. And let's break down the boundaries that prevent people from sampling liberally and yeah. um, you know passing that stuff into the musical conversation and getting compensated for their hard work. Yeah, like if I sample Joe Rogan, I, Joe Rogan seems chill enough that like there's tons of videos of his stuff up on youtube that he doesn't <laughs> seems take like down. rogan always has to come up like i brought him up i invoked jamie that's but, so um, funny yeah i mean i think the funny thing about the way that like i try to approach podcasts and maybe to some extent you also but your your shows are a little shorter but basically I, i'm like oh let's have no agenda and just start mm -hmm. talking and that's yeah. a very him thing to do mm -hmm. um and maybe it's not like the the coolest because I'm not famous. First off, I don't really have an agenda. Second off, I don't really in, like look up guests that much. Like just yesterday, I had someone who runs a, like a business that kind of was locally, but has expanded from to Washington, Oregon, and California. Nice. I was like, how did COVID you know, hit your business? And he's like, well, our revenue is down 90% and we didn't get a small business loan. I'm like, that fucking that sucks. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> um, but the whole thing is, I'm like, I'm not going to look him up beforehand. Because if I know you beforehand, there's this weird overlap where I'm asking questions that I already know the answer to. Okay. So I'm like, I don't know. I think it's better to just like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't really have a general trajectory. Like right now. I well, that's why like sometimes I'm like, hey, don't tell me anything interesting or exciting before we start rolling. Because mm. mm -hmm. then um, I want to talk about it then and I don't want to have to fake the funk. Yeah. I really don't fake the funk. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I learned in high school, I faked the funk a lot. Really? Yeah. You know? I think everyone does in high school, middle yeah. school. We got into that in our last episode. So I have... Well, to some extent in college too, but that was um, to, to fit in. To use your own words. So who are you so high and mighty that you think other people are faking the funk that you're not now? Remember that? Like, <laughs> so we, we recorded a show and I said, it's, it's interesting to see people that you know really well act like clearly not themselves in a unique situation. Mm. And you're like, oh, as if you don't do that. I'm like, I probably do. But it's just, it's regardless. It's funny to see like, like a partner of yours or a best friend like right. act entirely different than they do around you in front of a friend of theirs or a parent or something. You're like, wait, mm. what? Sure. Um, yeah, I think that, I was talking a little specifically about, um, like, you know, a broadcaster when mm -hmm. they get on and they assume a character and they become mm -hmm. more provocative or just more enthusiastic about things oh, for the okay. sake of, you know, uh, that, that, that's what I mean by faking the funk. Oh, okay, but I think that, um, 
yeah, I think that the, I think there's value and validity to be being, um, you know, having different. Like Walt Whitman says, "I am vast. I am. I contain multitudes." You know, it's okay to contain multitudes a little bit. It's not okay for you to tell me something on the show and I pretend that I didn't already know it. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's right. Well, but here's it's the corny. thing. I also sometimes do that to people. Mm. If, if I've seen a meme or I've listened to a song and then you show me that meme or you like, hey, Tiger, have you heard, you, you, should, you might like this song. I'll be like, wow, that's an awesome song. I won't be like, I've heard it before. Don't be the I heard it before guy. Don't be <laughs> the I've seen that meme before guy. you be like, that's a hilarious meme. And you're not lying. You're not sure. saying, okay, that's a good I've point. seen that meme. You're green. That's a hilarious meme. And maybe group dynamics play into it too. Like if you're the, if mm. you've seen the meme, but everybody else is hype about it, you know, just go with the flow. Yeah. Just say the punchline yeah. <laughs> as soon as you see it. What's something we really disagree on, man? Well, I guess we have two things going into this that okay. we're like, we'll talk about it. Gender and uh, temporary homelessness, both things that, I don't know, I'm not even Those really... Are things you wanted to talk about, yeah. See, I don't really disagree with much anymore because I simultaneously, I'm like, like a friend just asked me, like, dude, you got to keep looking into conspiracy theories. Like, a good friend <laughs> of mine, Alan, like, aliens and stuff. He's like, now do you believe? I'm like, I never didn't believe it. I like, okay. I believe it and I don't believe it. I don't care which one is it. Like, I just don't care enough about it to believe hardly one side or the other. But Man, I think you have so a West Coast. I think we have very different views on how the importance of gender in the average person's life and like how mm. important it is to be your core self. Whereas I'm just believing that there isn't really a core yourself. Let me jump in there because there's a immediate point of disagreement. Like Beautiful. who is the average person? If we're talking about what the effect gender has on people's lives, my argument would be that we're pretty able to recognize that it's extremely individual. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, that's not to say that there was never any kind of value for uh, having a binary thinking about gender um, in history, but Shit. it's 2020, dog. <laughs> You're dropping cans. I know, son of a bitch. I got Gaiaki before we rolled. Uh, yeah, you did get Gaiaki, and you got me this gorgeous, gorgeous. vanilla Frappuccino glass classic bald. that got me through a lot of essays in college. Nice. You got to feel so much better drinking out of glass than you do plastic. See, like, I think my gender is about on par with this bottle. Nice. Yeah, it's about halfway full of vanilla frappuccino and halfway full of air. Interesting. So, but you're very attracted <laughs> to women. I'm very attracted to a lot of people. You are. And there are people of many genders that I'm not very attracted On to. On TikTok, do you, do you uh, like oh, yes, and because see? It, <laughs> well, no. Do you, do you like and, and, and keep watching as many guys dancing as you do girls dancing? You know, it's an interesting... I don't do a lot of hand picking, you know. I kind of scroll through it. it yeah, you, every time you like one, it says, "I want to see more of this." Sure, that's a good point. So that's hand picking. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying I leave more liberty to the algorithm instead of like going and searching a lot and like scrolling oh, yeah. through the. Oh, that's through, everyone. Um, yeah. So well, okay. But that's um, why I'm just like when I saw the ones that you liked, I'm like, he's into he's into beautiful women. I'm like, that's cool. And I was well, just, that's kind of what I was curious. I'm like, what is he into? I was like, okay. So oh, like, I, there's definitely guys that I think are very attractive that I um, like their videos. And I'm right here, man. Don't. Because <laughs> 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 I just made two sloppy TikToks and you liked them. No. Um, I'm actually going to make a dance TikTok, but it's going to be like a heavily edited one. You know, there are some situations where um, diversity is important and cool. And there's some situations where I don't feel like I... Uh, there's some things I don't need to be that diverse. And mm-hmm. um, when I'm on TikTok, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a pretty highly curated thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there are definitely dudes in there who I you know I've come to appreciate their dancing and appreciate their personality, their humor, yeah, oh, their I music humor. taste. Mm-hmm. And then I like you know when a new trend happens to see what their take is on the dance. Yeah. Um, and but, so I, that's the first thing I think about there. But, I don't I don't like I don't. That's not a space where I calculate like, oh man, Honestly, there's not enough yeah. of people of this identity. I'm just saying, at one point you wanted to go by they, them, or even she. Was that correct? Dude, so, I like all gender pronouns. So, but if you did go by she, and you exclusively, for the most part, like liked women, would you be a lesbian? Would I be a lesbian? Uh, maybe on maybe in some ways you could, that would be applicable, but. Um, I mean, there's a big reason that I don't typically use she, her pronouns, because I think that it would probably lead to to uh, a little more discomfort than it's worth. Turf's coming after you? <laughs> no, I mean, um, my, my presentation is, is pretty masculine. Um, and, yeah, I feel like, I feel, I don't feel um, probably as strong of gender dysphoria as a lot of people, which mm-hmm. is kind of like... A, I mean, it's hard to break down specifically what that means because I mean, it's different for a lot of people, but it's like the discomfort you feel when you're misgendered. Um, I don't tend to feel that very often. I just, um, I'm kind of an idealist. So um, I've never been terribly unhappy with th- people thinking I'm a dude and using him pronouns and calling me guy and man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit similar to my name. Like like if, um, if somebody kept calling you... Um, Tyler. Tiger Tyler. Grober. <laughs> yeah. Right? You probably wouldn't no. get that mad about it if everybody was calling you Tiger Grober, but you, you would know that you're Tiger Gruber. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or let's use the real one, Tyler. Like, people who I know decently sure. well will just, and I just started calling it real life um, a misspell or something like that, like autocorrect. Because uh-huh. when people do text me and, like, email me, so commonly, Tiger will turn to Tyler just without even just people looking on a phone. True. So I'm just like, it's like real life autocorrect. People right. are, no one's used to saying Tiger. Right. So people I know will say Tyler, and I'm like, I don't care. I just right. completely gloss over it because I'm well, like. People almost never spell my last name correctly so I, and or pronounce it. I like, Hyera is a very common way that I got through K through 12, and it's just very un, un, incorrect, mm, you know? Yeah. But it's okay in American English. It looks good enough, and, you know, so, but that's all I'm saying is, like, Thomas Hyera is fine as long as you're being treating me with basic human respect. Yeah, um, so that's cool. Thomas Huda is probably the best, yeah. which, you know, using they, them for me is probably the best. I would, I would be elated if somebody used she, her pronouns for me. Um, because it just doesn't happen that often. It's 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 um, it's not that different from if you were um, wearing you know a vibrant scarf and you don't wear the vibrant scarf that often, but someone compliments it. Yeah, that's okay, how I'd okay. feel if somebody called me. Do you said think she, her to refer you, to me? Do you think we should live in a world where everyone, when they like get in groups, say their pronouns? Because that's what Sunrise was when I went to it, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't want to say my pronouns. I know you're really against that shit, man. But like. Um, Dude, it's so quick and easy. It's so yeah. it's so quick and easy, and um, especially if you you know don't make too big of a deal of it. And but there could be a person. What in you that just said is like, what if I was going the other way, and I'm like, okay, no one can say pronouns. I'm like, it's so easy, and it's just a little bit, and then you just keep moving. Because there's a person in a group that you've been in, Tiger, who was made more comfortable for the fact that everybody said their pronouns, mm. and you didn't know it, and that happened, and you you maybe had to sit through 60 seconds or or 120 seconds of something that you didn't find all that interesting. But I think, honestly, dude, social dynamics, right? Uh, you get into a group of people, and I'm a pretty anxious person in a lot of cases. You socially. are? Yeah. 
Yeah. You're socially anxious. Yeah. You didn't strike me as one of those Well, people. that's why I'm exuberant, mm. you know? Coping mechanism. I mean, well, it's just a response to tension. Yeah. That's why I dance. That's why I sing loud. It's like, oh, I've got this anxiety in You're me. You're a surprisingly good singer. I can't sing with hell, which is why I can't sample myself in the OP1, but you are like an actual oh. talented singer, which I'll give you credit Thanks. for. I almost want to bust out the chorus of Intentions by Justin Bieber, Mm-mm. but it's on the higher end of my belt, and right now just this Mm-mm. this chat is staying down here. Yeah, I like that. And sometimes guests will just yell. You're, you're a decent singer, too, as well. I'm not. I feel so... like Even the fact that I put you that album out... You have a low um, tone yeah. and a tenor to your voice that's nice. I'm considering taking the album down because I feel guilty even having it out. I'm like, I don't think that represents me. I was 19 when I made it, so I'm like... How that's, big, ex- that's what I was when I when made, made Ambition. Ambition, cool. Yeah. When you became Gradient. I was like, for some reason, I'm like, isn't the name of the album Gradient? Yeah, I, w- I had put out... Um, the first rap was about to go fush- fishing, and then there was Mixtape Teaser... And I think that About to Go Fishing was made as Thomas Huda, and then Mixtape Teaser was made as Gradient. But then I had two bla- uh, mixtapes, Blackberries and Bike Rides, which is very Eugene, mm-hmm. um, and then Born for This, which is after I went in my first semester of college, trimester of college. Um, and then, yeah, but those were young projects, man. Yeah, don't you almost not want them to at all represent you? But I want to be able to look back on those and be like, oh, that was like young me. But I don't want other people to see him like, oh, that's Tiger now. Because it's like, it's only I three feel years, but three years is such a long time. <sighs> My album's six years old. Right. That's why I'm like, I at least want to put out a single or an EP. Because yeah. an album's a big daunting thing. I think I'm going to. It is daunting. And then you got to get, uh, it has to be cohesive. It has to be mastered mm-hmm. well to all sound good together. But maybe to do that, you hold back a single, like in terms of making it not sound as great because it didn't sound, you know, you trimmed back certain uh, frequencies for the master or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of singles. Yeah. I really do. I just like, need to drop more. I know. I, I don't think it costs the a little did, bit of money too, and I don't have money right now. No, we're not. I mean, it's ten dollars on CD. That's true. It's, it's small. Yeah. Um, but. I don't think the world's an album world anymore. Even up until probably two years ago when I'd listen to music, I would put an album on and not skip it. Because here's the thing, if I have a playlist and I start skipping songs, it devalues all the songs. I'll skip past 10 songs at that point. Whereas mm-hmm. if I just put an album on and list it all the way through, I enjoy it more. Yeah. But, vinyl is great for that. Oh, everyone buys a vinyl and then they don't use it. I bought one and then I used it for a month and I had some albums for, cause you can get vinyls for really cheap and I didn't use it. And then a friend, was vinyl like, I is get the plural vinyl. of vinyl. Yeah. If people are music nerds and they hear me and they hear that I didn't correct you when you said vinyls, yeah, actually they won't give a shit. No one will give a shit. <laughs> but anyways, a friend was getting into vinyl and I'm like, just take my thing, man. You're, you're just going to use it for a month. Getting an LP. Yeah. And then he just got one and again, he used it for a month and then never used it again. So I'm like, sure. that's a lot of people. Do you have one that you actually frequently use? Yeah, I got a turntable. I love it. But I've been, uh, it's been in storage and it's still in storage because... My speaker situation, it all needs to revolve around a decent desk or table, mm. and I do not have one right now yeah. in my, my little mini studio, in my bedroom. I'm considering eventually I don't even have a house. bed yet. Sick. Floor, I'm no longer <laughs> floor sleeping. Last time I talked to you, I think I was floor sleeping. I don't floor sleep, though, man. I pull the, the I, We have a crappy little couch, and I put the cushions on the floor, or I just sleep in the crappy couch, but the armrests are a little too close oh, to each other, so I have to worst. I have to scrunch scrunch in like a pea in a pod, or put your feet up on it. But I don't feel good if I'm sleeping like crunched all night. I Absolutely, don't I don't know. I don't like couch sleeping purely you just put because a little of the thing crick in my back just thinking about this. Right? Yeah. I mean, but you slept. I mean, go on to the other topic. You slept in a car for a couple months. Oh yeah, you wanted to talk about that too. Yeah, dude, shit was dope. It was dope. <laughs> 
because Kenzie and I lived out of I a mean, car for 10 days in Hawaii, and we were like, if anything, it made me like, like whoa, Thomas is like hardcore for being yeah. able to do this for so long. In Oregon, there are a not lot in of Hawaii. Things. There are a lot of things that go into my three-word oversimplified response of, it was dope. Yeah. Uh, one is that I had a lot of relative privileges compared to other people who have ex- who experience homelessness around here mm-hmm. and around the country and world, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I intentionally um, made a move to get an electric car and then my financial circumstances changed and my housing circumstances changed um, a little bit. And, well, a lot on the latter front, yeah. right? And so um, I really couldn't afford to get into a place um, my friend Dylan let me crash for a month on his couch. So that was really helpful and cool. It's incredibly kind. Yeah. Um, and I didn't ask. I just went to show up and do a podcast with him, the longest one yet. Um, and he didn't really know that I was kind of unhoused. And so um, he just hooked it up right there. So Dylan Hudson, what a homie. Um, so that was one of the things is relatively privileged. But also, um, I really like my personal space. Um, Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, so, I mean... You know, social anxiety, like I said before, uh, especially when I was in college, I learned deeply how important it was to be around nobody uh, late at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, like I had a hard time being uh, falling asleep if my roommate was in the room. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so I would I would go into the lounge until really late until I was super tired. Sometimes I would sleep, accidentally fall asleep in the lounge. Um, actually happened quite often. Um, really? But. My point is that, um, yeah, man, like finding a charge spot um, or having enough energy in the car where I could leave the heat on all night, mm-hmm. um, you know, lean back with a blanket, it's peaceful because um, there's a little bit of um, journeying to it. You know, you could be in a different spot, but you're in the same spot. Yeah. You know? Did a police and, ever uh, bug you? Bug me is, is maybe even... Uh, well, See, I'm too semantic. I'm too like See, you drop precision it. of drop like. <laughs> no one's ever going to question you here. Yeah, fair. Uh, did a cop um, ever like? Yeah, they, you? they woke me up. Mm. You know, once or twice. Um, not in Eugene though. Oh really? Um, yeah, I got I a ticket. I woke up to having a parking ticket on a couple of occasions. Bummer. Um, yeah, no fun. Did you pay him? Uh, yeah. Nice. But um, that sucks, man. I'm... When you're in, when you're kind of in a hole and you can't yeah. get housing, and then it's like, oh, I'm in a further hole now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. There were a lot of things that were hard. And then, um, you know, I was able to take advantage for most of my life on uh, a cell phone family plan. Nice. And then that didn't happen anymore. So then I had to pay my own shit. And I wanted to make um, a lot of cool video projects. So I went with the dopest new iPhone 11 Pro Max, which is now just like... Gosh, it's an amazing piece of technology. It's already outdated. I'm kidding. No, it's brand oh, new. Oh, yeah. They, didn't they roll out a new one or something? <laughs> no, I have no idea. I'm okay. just joking. Um, How is it with three cameras? I don't know. What do you want to know about um, living out of a car? You know? How do you keep your things organized at all? Food stuff? All uh, of it. Because, I, I mean, Kenzie and I went to Hawaii, and we even tent camped, but we had to sleep in the car one night, and I was yeah. sick. I was like, brutal. Dude, like, if I, I had so to share sick. with even one other person, oh, it would yeah. suck way more. I think so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, good yep. point. If anything, she kept it cleaner, though. She was like, every day, she's like, I mean, right, we got to clean our stuff. And then I was like, I don't care. The passenger seat um, is just, it was basically like a little desk almost, you know, mm. stuff stacked up. And I know exactly where things are. And um, so, yeah, like whenever I would, uh, you know, 
pick up a friend to go somewhere or hang out with a friend, like it would take me quite a while just to clear clear off the passenger seat yeah. and make enough room. Um, but but yeah, dude, I really don't bemoan that that situation um, because uh, it it was uh, there were a lot of great things that I learned from it. Yeah, and um, you remember adversity more. Yeah, you know, like the first the first couple of days that well, Kenzie and I were in Hawaii, we got rained on in a cold tent. It was a horrible experience, but those days seemed longer and more enjoyable than when things were going well because it just sped by super quick. Nice. So it's well, like, you know, yeah, the housing status is not fully congruent with my my mood, my enjoyment of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in New York City, I was very lucky to have, uh, you know, one bedroom apartment. Basically, it was basically in a dorm building, but it was in Manhattan on one twenty fifth in Amsterdam. How long? Um, for uh, like nine months. Holy cow. Yeah, August till May. Congrats, man. Um, it was sick, and I didn't pay for it. Bill Gates no hooked it up. No way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. So, But all, here's my point. Yeah. It was an amazing location. And, you know, steps from Harlem, but steps from Columbia, uh, basically on Columbia's campus, um, Upper East Side, really great historic areas. Um, Hungarian pastry shop, mwah, so good. Uh, expensive, though. And, it's New York. Yeah, but, like, my daily life was some of the worst times of my life. But I thought you said you liked New York. Doesn't mean that there wasn't some of the worst times of my life. Were you living alone <laughs> there too? Yeah. Oh, cause that's why I was gonna be like, how would you like New York? It seems like you're so crammed in with other people. You'd never get alone time at night. Well, alone time is just a different vibe, man. Because uh, like I can't be loud because you're in an apartment all the time. Mm. And, and uh, it is loud around you all the time because yeah. sirens and, and shit. But you still like New York. Where did you get this idea that I like it a lot? Because I, I definitely have said great things, and also uh, right now, like I'm saying really terrible things about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like, if that's when you're in one of your most worst mind states, it seems like you wouldn't like going back to the. But you yeah. went back there, like, uh, or last year even. Yeah, yeah, I went back to take care of some storage stuff nice. for a visit, um, and it was really cool to go back to my some of my favorite spots. Um, cool. Still got a lot of friends out there in the city, and uh, I hope. Have you ever gone? To New York? No, I've, I've never been. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. See, that's what I mean. That's why I'm like, you really like it. Well, that's how you the density it. of like, okay, here's how I would put it. If I was having a bad day, and I'm a, and I'm a hard on myself kind of person, right? I'm half Japanese. Uh, I would feel like it's my fault. Like, mm. there's no excuse to be bored, depressed, um, feel kind of like empty, because everything is there, steps away from you. Except you nature. Know? Even, dude, I, I was a quick walk. I could go down through Morningside Park, which is like a which is like five blocks down to about one twentieth, and that's where Central Park was. You were that close? Yeah. Oh, that's I could, insane. Uh, Fifteen minutes, I could walk to Central Park. Bill Gates Ten minutes to the up. Apollo Theater. Yeah, dude. Wow. It was baller. When you left, did you think about and those free nine um, athletic events? Uh, at the university, just tons of cool shit. Looking, Sorry. When you right at the very end of those nine months and you had to leave, did you regret the way you spent it? Were you like, shit, I kind of wasted part of that? Like not going no. out and making the best of it? Well, actually, um, I think I might have talked to you about uh, this like PTSD I was going through uh, um, and how it related to social media um, because – uh, mm-hmm. like social media was a really tough space for me in 2016, 17. Uh, and I was really depressed about it. And then really, um, I wasn't really thinking of people who, 
Um, I wasn't in contact with people at all who I loved Mm -hmm. because I wasn't posting on social media and I wasn't texting very many people or Snapchatting, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping up with very many people. Um, And so there, actually, that's a a regret. Um, I wish I had shared more photos uh, Mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram. I wish I had um, podcasted with people. I wish I'd started that earlier. Me too. Um, Because that, I mean, then my friend Peter Feliciano went over there and started recording his podcast in New York. Um, I've been on his show twice. It's a conservatish with Peter Feliciano. Old guy with blood coming out of his mouth. Correct. Nice. Yeah. His album is amazing. Nice. So, um, but man, that's such a whack thing to to live with regrets, um, especially about how you spent time in a place that feels like it's about survival a lot, a lot of the time too. That's it. It's a gritty place, man. I mean, I I especially the opportunity that I got to go down to L.A. for five days. Nice. I didn't go out and, and do anything because I was like, I was just almost like shell-shocked being in LA at all. Okay. I just kind of like hung out in my hotel room. I'd leave a couple times. Obviously went to see Joe Rogan, but like I could have gone. Oh, you did? I could have gone to the Laugh comedy Factory store or something? Uh, at Hollywood Improv, but I could have okay. gone to, there was a stand-up night, uh, an open mic night at the, the, the uh, fuck, what's the main place? The Laugh the, Factory. The, no, the comedy store. Yeah, comedy the comedy store. store. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, shit, I didn't go to that and I didn't mm-hmm. go to the parks in LA. I'm like, fuck, man, I kind of wasted that opportunity. LA spread out. Yeah, that's but, a big part of it. Um, yeah. It's it's got a way different geography than New York. <laughs> New York is everything's right on top of each other, mm. uh, unless you're in Staten Island. But even that's freaking stones throw away. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, man, the Comedy Cellar is it was my favorite spot. They had a little side, a bigger room called the Village Underground, and they had a smaller room called the Fat Black Pussycat. <laughs> and uh, you know, I walked into a show there. And it was the fucking dopest comedy show I've ever been to, and it was nice. a tiny crowd. Was Mark Norman there by chance? He's a, he and Joe List are New York comedians, or like New York City I saw comedians. List for sure. And those are the two of my Mark favorite Norman. comedians. Mark Norman is hands down my favorite comedian. Nice. He is so well, funny. I had a show I went because David Telt was on the bill. I was like, that's, oh, a, nice. that's, a, great, that's a great comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, really respected in the community because he's been doing that job for a long time really well. Um, Rachel Feinstein happened to be on the bill. She was hilarious. Uh, and then the first guest that I didn't uh, know about that was coming through was Bill Burr. So Bill Whoa. Burr fucking you came in. Bill Burr live? Yeah. That's killer. Yeah, he's t- tested out some of his stuff that ended up being a little bit controversial, too, because he's Bill Burr. Very controversial guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, gosh, I feel like there was at least another really heavy hitter who was on that show. Um it might have been Todd Barry, but uh, then you know Dave Attell did his thing for quite some time. Like he's kind of like Adam Carolla; he could just talk forever. Nice. Um, so he was doing that, and I was mad hype about it. I was alone. I was buying the chicken skewers because there was a three-item minimum, I believe, and oh, nice. the chicken skewers only two dollars, so There's I could get out of there six bucks plus eighteen dollars to get into the show. Nice. Um, which is a great night out for me in New Especially York. Especially see Bill Burr for eighteen bucks. There's something killer. But about But the final being alone. artist was um, somebody who, like, I studied in college, who I love and adore. Um, and I'm not going to say he's a, he's an absolutely perfect person, but Aziz Ansari was the fucking closer of the show nice. and he really wasn't performing very much then. Uh, uh was it right after the, it Me wasn't Too right movement? after it was, but, um, it was probably a solid six months after, nice. um, my understanding that he got kind of wrongly me too. Like it was just a misunderstanding again, dude, we, that's so subjective. I, I, I agree, but I, that, you know, who are we, we who are yeah. we to talk we about, there. you know, Oh, it was a wrongful, you know, uh, 
no, dude, I think that person's experience was that person's experience, that mm-hmm. woman's experience. Um, and miscommunications suck, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, the problem, the limitation on cancel culture that I think, uh, is salient for me is like, I just don't ever like being told by other people who I have to hate. Yeah. Good point. Even if there are reasons that, you know, are sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's really, I believe that humanity is really connected. Like I am tiger is, you know, Rachel Feinstein is, mm-hmm. I don't know why John Cho comes to mind. I'm trying to think of people we've already talked about in the conversation, but I went totally Kanye. left, left field with John Cho. Yeah. Kanye, um, Tom York from Radiohead. Yeah. You know, we are all just carbon based life forms. Trying our best. Doing. I wouldn't even. I don't even know. We're trying our best all the time. I mean, sometimes Some you're best just living anything. Yeah, I know. You it's know? such a weird thing. Like just like laying. Do you ever lay in bed sometimes? And it happens, either when I'm. I don't really smoke weed that much. A man in a store trying to try his best, but he just can't seem to get Kanye fresh. But we still hood famous. Love it. That's actually <laughs> one of my favorite albums. Because sorry, that was the first Kanye album I was like cognizant for. I was there when Yeezus came out. Life you were Pablo? posting on Facebook a lot about it, and you were adamant that it was a gospel album. Life of Pablo? Yeah, yeah, kind of was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there was—I mean, there was literally one one that was just about so how much some girl loves God, low lights, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that was the first like album that I, I skipped. <laughs> I skipped class to watch the live stream at Madison Square Garden, and I was like, "This is a banger." Feedback is still my favorite song off that album. Yeah, that's a hard ass beat. <laughs> it is possibly one of my favorite Kanye songs. I'm like, that's a cool ass song. That whole like first fifth of that album. So the first four tracks Mm -hmm. fucking hard as shit, dude. Mm -hmm. Ultralight beam, the chance verse, the chance, not a chance guy. guy. What? He's he's okay. Actually, I understand that. You know, if I, if I expected everybody to like chance, that would take a lot away from what chance does. He, Mm. he is unique and vibrant and cool and happy. Mm hmm. You know, is. this is a crazy music centric one, especially because I just had Elias on and the first minute, 10 minutes, we got way too in depth about it to the point where I'm like, anyone who's not into music is just going to turn this off. Hey, man, but isn't that a podcast? I'm getting back. <laughs> I've in, never, yeah, good point. Yeah, like I'm, people are going to turn that off if they're if dude here. It's a good thing if somebody turns your podcast off. Yeah, it means that they found something they were a little more interested in. Mm-hmm. And isn't that a good thing? You know? Even if it was just having silence, you know, them turning your podcast off is a positive change that they decided to make. Yeah. So you hope, you hope everyone who listens to your podcast turns it off. I hope nobody is listening because they're just trapped in a car or a living room where somebody else has to hear it Mm. or or is listening and that person is not liking it. I hope that never happens on with my show. (laughs) It feels so awkward listening to a podcast with someone else in the room, especially when something (laughs) really funny happens, but kind of controversial. I'm like, well, Do I have to pretend to not laugh right now? or I didn't want to, um, I don't know, disparage the medium or the listeners in any kind of way, but you know, I spent a lot of time alone. And that was going to be like a third thing kind of that contributed to why I liked living in my car um, or I didn't hate it you know, or I didn't want sympathy for it mm-hmm. um, is because I really like, on a, I think I'm on the autism spectrum, right? And, you know, like just social situations just put a bug in my throat. They just make me tense up. I have domestic trauma. It's hard for me to feel super comfortable in a place with people that, you know, with anybody. Um, so so I listen to podcasts a lot when I'm alone. Mm. 
Um, and so maybe if somebody is has listening to their third podcast in a row, um, and they're so bored by us sharing our opinions on the Gorillas album that was made on the iPad, <laughs> that they are like, I'm gonna turn this shit off. Or maybe it's so meta that all the talking we're doing about turning shit off is making people question whether they should so turn the shit off. I yeah. dare you. That's so <laughs> Boom, right there. No, it's the funniest thing I've noticed. Most people turn off podcasts about five minutes before the end. And I'm like, really? So I'm hmm. almost just going to have guests just pump their stuff at the beginning. Because as soon as I'm like, as soon as... And I, what does to that be mean? Fair, I mean, your show is so... Sorry, I, I've been interrupting more than I you're typically fine. would. I do it too. Like, I like I, the Near the end of Joe, every time I put on a podcast, I skip 10 minutes in and I cut off five or 10 minutes before the end too. Right. So I'm like, I don't blame other people for doing it, you know? Yeah. If anything, I hope people skip into my podcast because I don't really think it gets going until five to 10 minutes in. What I really wish is that Spotify, and I don't know why they don't do it, if they allowed um, altered speed listening. Um, and the, I think the Apple podcasts on my phone, do you, you don't have an iPhone, do you? Mm-mm. Well, um, good for you. It's good to have technological diversity. <laughs> um, but the Apple podcast app, only lets you go from, I think, half speed to um, full speed to 1.5 times speed. Mm. And the best speed for a discussion style, loose podcast like this is not scripted is 1.25 times. 1.1 at the five. I just listen at one. I just like having conversations going on, you know, but Fair. Google, Google podcast lets you literally just pick 1.01, 1.02. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So it's oh, like a scroller nice. thing or maybe it's one point. Yeah. Okay. So I like that, but I mean, I'm honestly in the market for a new one. I just don't know. It sucks to have an, an app update and then it changes everything you liked about it. And now you're like, really? Come on. Cause especially I actually like that you said 1.1 times speed though. That is a good speed. Yeah. I use that in, um, VLC media player for some things. Um, why are you trying to get through everything faster, man? Just to watch other things faster. I was even thinking about as a teacher, um, oh. when you would put on videos and you have like a 55 minute block to play an hour long video. It's doable now. Yeah, okay. I see yeah. that. I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, if I listen and to a podcast... And the students often don't notice, because they're all high-strung and anxious anyway. Mm, <laughs> all, this, all the content they watch is always so, trying to grab at them really fast. Here's the thing. As a teacher now, knowing that a bunch of 5th to 7th graders or whatever have TikTok on their phones, <laughs> and you have to be more exciting than TikTok, that's Bruh. impossible. School oh, it's is, completely impossible. School has to change. TikTok is by far the most stimulating. I feel like I'm coming down from a drug when I come off TikTok. That's been a good thing for me to think about a lot too is like i like yeah it's crazy because you know you can you can change your own attitude a lot if you decide to so like okay you know if um you know back when i used to smoke uh weed pretty often it's like oh well i smoked before this and now i feel good but now like try to apply that to something that's not a chemical drug and just say like oh yeah i just like i just like got to watch all this like these fun dances for like half an hour now i feel good and excited you know, and maybe I want to dance now. Yeah. Maybe that's something worth doing. It takes away my, well, I mean, it is, but it usually does just suck more energy. It just sucks energy. (laughs) Well, and it cuts my attention span. Like good luck sitting down and writing after watching TikTok for an hour. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck writing one page. Seriously. It's just like, cause you're like, I could have gone through a hundred TikTok videos by now. It's so weird. Like they hacked dopamine. I swear to God, they (laughs) have it down to a T and I, People make such a convincing argument for getting rid of it. It's like they use your GPS data, your Facebook, your Instagram. All they take all of it. Oh, and sell really? It to China. Yeah, even your GPS. And I didn't your know contacts. they were linked up with Facebook and Instagram. Because there, I knew there were a Chinese company that is not. 
in the Silicon Valley, like, so I didn't know that they were doing that. It's whack. And I'm like, yeah. man, but I'm like, mm, it's kind of fun to make videos that instantly get Gosh. at least three to 500 views. And I'm like, notion well. of privacy now is just absolutely wild. I know. You know, it's the kind of thing is like, okay, we've got a lot of hippies in Eugene, right? Mm -hmm. And bless their heart. A lot of them are really lovely people, but they're, they're floating in a different world sometimes. And sometimes, um, they, uh, feel very, very strongly about certain issues where the regular person who's fitting in the dominant culture would probably look and be like, that person's crazy. They're out of it for like being obsessed with, I don't want to throw 5G people under the bus, but at the same time, there's some, a lot of 5G shit that's been like, dude, COVID-19 is a lie. It's caused by 5G. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when that happens... It's just funny because like we look at some people as being so outlandish, but there are some things in our society that we've accepted that are so outlandish. Yeah. The the sheer incredibly tiny amount of privacy that we have now and our you know. I don't even I don't even look into those articles about how when your phone is off or you're not using it, it's still listening to you and yeah. shit. That that I do not read because I'm a I'm a human being well, and I don't want to uh, ignorance can be bliss. And sometimes. I'm just out in the open and I'm like I realize me degoogling my life isn't going to change anything. But what it changes is I get ads that are super pertinent to what I do and yeah. like so I get musical equipment because I'm looking at the OP one. I get a ton of different like you know like High Force and all those ones. But also I get ads for ad companies because I've like okay I've tried you know different ads on Google or Facebook or you know Twitter and stuff and so I get ads from ad companies and I judge how telling good they are telling you to promote your podcast and shit or telling you to use or, their ad yeah, services yeah telling like oh we're whatever disruptive advertisement and then I get to judge how good of ads ad companies they are based on how ah, good their ads are like some of them are like alright you know what you somehow got into my email and had a super convincing paragraph <laughs> alright I'll give you 10 bucks let's see how you do that's you know? funny isn't it funny where it's like almost you're like, like oh I'll give you so much credit <laughs> for how much you've manipulated me yeah I'm like well but it is it's like it's like uh, <laughs> I'll it's give you resources to do it to the next guy <laughs> they're literally <laughs> that's funny it is but it's like alright they're showing their salt by how good of an it's a meta ad kind of thing you know my friend matthew Yuke, who's also running for mayor and eugene who we've become friends throughout this process quite a bit is that uh he uses the word sociopathic a lot to describe a lot of mechanisms in society and it's a little bit disconcerting every time i hear it but it's it's can be freaking spot on man sociopathic like that's that kind of behavior and I'm not saying from you for for uh, giving that ad agency ten dollars of your money necessarily. I'm just saying that it is a sociopathic sort of norm that we're okay with so much of, um, you know, valuable data of ours that we're not getting money from. You know, what do you think sociopath Yenge. is? A sociopath is essentially, and I'm not an expert in the field, um, somebody who really does not and and cannot experience empathy for other human beings that's psychopath they psychologically aren't in to link with other people there's, sociopath there. is someone who doesn't follow society's rules socio oh i've heard you talk about this now yeah so i think you i think a lot of people are sociopaths anyone who's like i don't want to bind to society's norms of when i need to go to bed the fact that i need to get a job or mm. like you know society's gender norms mm. a psychopath someone who just has no empathy for other people look who's like being that. all precise with language now yeah, well i think that is a very you know yeah, what i'm talking about right one. people yeah. that that um obviously most of them are not serial killers and not murderers but um that carry out acts uh, that are, do tear at the fabric of other people's lives um you 
tend to think they're in that group of people who doesn't have empathy for I just others. think those people are so numbed to reality. I mean, how often... It is unbelievable to me how numb some people are, like just disconnected and out. Like they're focusing on something and I can like clap near them or like touch them or just like play something and they don't even notice. And I'm like, I don't have this like, perfect thing like where I notice everything. Wall-E. I haven't seen Wally. Okay. Like, and I'm not, I'm not uh, immune to this. Like things will definitely go on that I'm not aware of, but like I can be waving in front of someone, like walk up to someone and they like, get frightened. I'm like, are you that tuned out that huh. you don't even know what's going on around you much less? So I don't think it's people like purposely being malicious. Yeah. I think people just like, I don't care about anything except getting some dopamine right now. Huh? You know, I don't are know. Are you talking about when they're using their phones or, or anything, just, just anything, just people are mm. doing dishes and they're just so like in their own internal monologue or whatever. Mm. Some people don't have internal monologues mm. that they just don't even realize shit's going on. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't think anyone's malicious. I think everyone is just out for their own interest. Even benevolent people. If I do you don't a think lot anyone's of, malicious. <sighs> I think that I actually probably agree with you, but I, I don't like to use that word. Malicious. I, I, don't, I don't think any people are inherently bad. And I don't think people are more valuable than other people, uh, even after they've made choices that are either really great or really terrible. Um, Some people are really bad. But malicious seems like a word that's worth keeping in the lexicon. It's like delicious, but it's like bad. It's like malicious no, <laughs> instead of muy malo. Benelicious, it would mean instead good of delicious. Muy, muy bien. I, I really wish I knew Spanish. Do you really? Yes. I, I am purposely never going to learn a second language. And if I have a kid, I'm going to prevent them from ever learning a second language. Why? They can learn the music language or coding language, but another like actual spoken language is just useless. So what's the language you're going to teach them? Coding or music? English, obviously. English, obviously. See, wait, that's, I mean, that's... Wait, do you speak Japanese? Yeah. How often do you use it? Uh, not often at all. I'm not really, in, I don't keep up with my sister or my mom very much these days. That's Kenzie too. Kenzie went through the whole YG program um, yeah. and she does, never uses it. Well, a lot of people I, don't say I benefit languages. every day from a brain that was well-trained in bilingual studies from a young age. Mm. That's definitely, there's a lot of science on that. You never get caught up that. in things? Caught up in things? Yeah, just like, like, uh, like caught up in, I guess you don't speak, if you spoke a lot of Japanese, do you think you'd ever get like just hung up on, on, uh, man, people pick up phones. It's so distracting. Oh, no, I, I'm kidding. I'm fucking with yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't 4 PM when I have to take a call from someone. No, uh, we're at 56 minutes right now. We can cut it early. You want to be an under an hour podcast? Uh, not really. I like chatting with you. Oh. I really do. This is our fifth time talking. This is because uh, we have two. No, we have three well, on. We had a Patreon one. We have one that elephant in the in room this. is the, that uh, the last show that you and I recorded was deemed too boring for release. Yeah. And you pinned that on yourself. You took the blame uh, and said that you were too low energy. But I think I was low energy also, which is why I'm extra exciting today. I'm having a blast. Faking today. the funk. Oh, come on. You're not faking the <laughs> funk. Um, I'm actually You know redoing- who I want to talk about because they're on my mind and yeah. they're... Related to politics and personality yep. and character, um, well, this is not Hulk Hogan, but um, someone uh, that, okay, I heard through the grapevine from somebody who worked with Hulk Hogan on an interview that Hulk Hogan is like the sweetest, nicest, kind of most um, soft-spoken gentleman mm-hmm. that you could ever do business with, and then as soon as the cameras are rolling, right? I don't even fucking know the shit he says, but hey, I'm Hulk Hogan, and hey, you know, brother. yeah, hey, so, brother, hey, yeah, that brother. exactly. I knew that. Oh, I, know, I forgot that. <laughs> Violent J from Insane Clown Posse made a whole EP called Brother that sampled that sound a lot. Oh, really? It's fucking ridiculous. Nice, that's fun. Um, but the person I'm thinking of is Jesse Ventura. 
Mm. Jesse Ventura, who is a lifelong Minnesotan. Do you know anything about this person? Mm-mm. Wow. Um, I'm so tuned. No, I'm sorry, kidding. that sounded so rude. Uh, <laughs> you don't know who I, this I think random it's my, person is. I don't know who anyone. It sounded is. like a sassy queer way that I dismissed you just then. I don't care. <laughs> like, I take no offense. I've never wow. understood queer. Um, I don't know. Well, if you described yourself as queer, was you yeah. just different? You're just like I'm unique. Uh, yeah, man. Maybe I'm sociopathic. Under your definition. Yeah, I don't He's know. Such a sociopath. A friend of mine, uh, Ty Williams, is actually dating a girl who, on her um, Twitter bio, says queer. Sweet. And she actually came on the show. Love him. Love Ty. Love her. But mm-hmm. I'm like, what does that mean? I looked up on Reddit, and pretty much everyone, a lot of the people in the gay queer community, were like, it's, it's very almost, it's almost insulting to use this term. People the like, word queer? Yeah. People are like, it's just oh, a way, no, it's just something straight people do to seem quirky and just kind of like, oh, I'm open sexually, but it's not, it doesn't really mean anything. Like no, dude, queer is kind of the people of color of sexuality and sexual orientation. People of color is a term that uh, effectively unites all people who are not white, mm-hmm. right? Or have identities, racial identities that are not white and Caucasian. Um, but like the, it's a fraught term. It's a it's a term that you know even uh, more in more progressive spaces people are um, using the BIPOC B I P O C instead of P O C. What's which BIPOC? Is black and indi- black indigenous and people of color. Because here's the response to the, the phrase people of color. Um, it was used to sort of equate um, the experiences of all people of color, and that that is. Uh, not very fair to some of the mm. groups that have been historically the most marginalized and contemporarily experienced the most discrimination and you know housing uh, and a whole host of other issues, right? Mm-hmm. So my point is that um, queer, it's another like, it's an attempt to get everybody under the same roof, but in a community that's also very proud of having um, delineations and differences and uh, sort of identities that are individual, um, it can be, there can be positives and negatives. So some people, uh, but the cool thing about that word also, gosh, I really wish that I had like an etymology podcast so I could just talk about You're going words. in, you're going deep. I yeah. Was like, I'm thinking. Well, it's, it's similar to the N word. It was reclaimed. Mm. You know what I mean? No. People call people queer and then they're like, we are queer. Like queer people can call themselves Damn right. queer. Okay, I get that. Absolutely. I don't know. When I looked it up, a bunch of people were like, like, I'm a gay person. I hate when people call themselves queer. Uh-huh. Really interesting. Isn't it, I'll send you a thread. It was just a bunch of people on Reddit. I'm like, huh. A lot of slurs get, get um, reclaimed, even yeah. things like redneck. A lot of people are really proud to have, like, tattoo the redneck across their chest or yeah. on their belly. I can't wait know? for uh, Halloween this year because everyone's going to be Joe Exotic people. Oh, you think it'll still be popping then? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, probably true. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. Especially if quarantine's over by then, which hopefully should be soon. But we said an hour. It was a pleasure speaking with you. People listening, vote for you on the May nineteenth. That'd be pretty cool. I'll put this out tomorrow. It'll come out May first. Just for thank you. you. Yeah. yeah, lots of love. Um, throw those ballots in there and get educated and reach out to me. Hugh.2020.org. Um, there's a contact form. You can text me, call me five four one five one zero nine nine eight seven. You heard that, folks that hate Thomas put a uh, put his thing into a spam caller list. I'm kidding. See, that's Do the it. danger of doing that. <laughs> I don't give one you shit. You don't? No. You don't want to give the people that power. I mean, if someone has your email address or your phone number, they can spam you with 2,000 spam emails or calls a day. 
Sounds like it's going to be hard to be mayor. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm just, ready, though. You just do it to Lucy Venice just to make it harder for I her would to never. reply to people. I, I am not mean-spirited. I am a steadfast advocate of truth-telling. And you're someone who doesn't believe in karma, so you just believe that on your own volition, not that it's going to happen back to you. Who says I don't believe in karma? Oh, so I was curious. I was like, are you one of those non-karma people? I just In my memory, we talked, and you weren't a karma person. Uh, I believe in energies in the universe that... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're just trying to end the show so we can't talk too much about karma. It's too big. Hippie. Much love, everybody. Thanks for dealing with my goofy ass. Lots of love. Take care.